Hello. Welcome to my first podcast. If you're just listening, I don't really know what we're going to call this podcast yet. Maybe by the end of the podcast, we'll name the podcast. We'll see. But I'm Logan, if you have not met me, which I'm assuming there's two people who I'm going to tell this to and that are going to listen to. So if you're listening, you already know me, and I appreciate you for actually wanting to listen to me ramble for the next few minutes. <laughs> All right, so pretty much I want to just talk about a few things. It's it's December 29th right now at 9.49 in the morning because I'm a crazy psycho who got up and worked out and now I'm making this random podcast. And it's December 29th, and this last year, uh, December 29th, 2021, right? And this last year was a major year for me. Um, I did some pretty big things. I came out as trans, so I am trans male that's living his life completely different than he was a year ago as a female, and I'm definitely growing into this new version of myself and I'm becoming extremely happy with the results I'm seeing. I've been on testosterone for like 15 weeks now. Um, It's been really eye-opening and throughout the last four months of taking testosterone and really submerging myself into this journey, I've been trying to learn and grow and any aspect that I can mentally and physically and and in my life, my personal life as well. So yes, I've been reading just different books and working out and stuff. And one book I just read was The Four Agreements. And I was thinking about this and The Four Agreements, I can't offhand, I don't remember who exactly wrote the book, but the four agreements in the book, it's from this, like, Toltec, I probably butchered that, but from, like, Mexico, uh, this tribe that studied this, and they kept it very hidden for all these years, and then now they've released, like, this information kind of thing, and it's, I butchered the way that actually that is in the book, but anyways, <laughs> so we have this information of the four agreements from the Toltec. Uh, society or whatnot, they were more like scientists and artists that were trying to preserve this very human um, concept, and and it's ultimately the freedom um, for yourself. Uh, and so, it's the first one is speak impeccable words. The second one is don't take anything personal. The third one is don't assume anything, don't make any assumptions, and the last one is do your best. And when you put them all together, you really are unable to fail at being successful if you're doing them all correctly because they literally, they set you up for this beautiful equation to be successful. So impeccable words, you know, you're being cautious of the 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 words that you're putting into the world because what he talks about, what they talk about is black and white magic in with, in with our words and how, you know, it's, we, we give off the wrong, um, the wrong words sometimes and, and we can really hurt people and, and we can cast spells on other people because, 
you know, and, and, and it's, like, people are like, oh, that's so, that's so crazy, like, that, you're crazy, like, that's not real, and it's like, but hang on, because I guarantee almost every single person can think back and hold on to a sentence or a phrase or, like, something somebody said to you that has held on to you and that is, like, whispers to you constantly, right? And you're constantly dealing with that criticism or that guilt or that that curse that somebody, like, else put on you. And I think that has been a really big um, situation for me and, and throughout my, like, my, like, little journey here um, is that... Uh, we are all we are all domesticated, you know. From from the time that we're born, we are automatically being in in scanning the world, looking for what how we're what are we supposed to do? What are we doing here? How are we supposed to act? What what's our what's our skills? What do we have? And the book kind of talks about domestication, and I 100% agree with this because I have a degree in early childhood and education, and I study children. And when you study children, children are the purest form of human being. So if you ever want to know about a human being, go study a two, three-year-old child that's been taken well care of, well-loved, in a good environment, and you're going to see that child be their most authentic self they will ever, ever be, ever. They're unjudged. They don't care. They don't take anything personally, right? They're totally egocentric. The world is completely revolving around them and their experience. They have no concept of time and space and I need to be here and I need to do this. We domesticate that through society into children. And ultimately, the ones that don't fit into the domestication, we have to put in extra force, right? It's that, it's that wolf or that dog that doesn't, that'll bite you every single time you go to do anything or that horse that you just can't break because it's wild, you know, it's a wild animal. It's not supposed to be domesticated, but here we are. So we have all these domesticated, beautiful humans that we have ultimately put in predisposed beliefs and agreements and the agreement is that if you do if you do this you either get punished or rewarded and that is how our society pretty much works all the way around if you go to work and you do your job the reward is you get paid and you get to keep your job if you don't show up to work you don't get paid and you're going to lose your job <laughs> that's just the reality of that situation so we have all these children that grow up in all these different environments, learning all these different agreements very, very early. One example the book gave was about um, a young girl who, whose mom, you know, loved her very much, but just had a really stressful day at work, had a headache, you know, just wasn't herself. And the child was just singing super loud and just being happy, right? And the child is in its own world, and they're just being, like, blaring themselves like letting out the light within them and just being like this like shining little child that's you know and it's like if we think back to being that child and what that felt like right when you when you were just being like loud and no like you're just being loud and you're just no cares because nobody like really had given you that like hey quit being loud until you know the mom couldn't take her singing anymore and she's like like you're an ugly singer 
you have an ugly voice, you know, she snaps, and she says, she says these, these black magic nasty words, and now the child has taken that in, and now that child has felt that, and, and it, it plants that fertile seed in our brain, in that child's brain, and the child doesn't sing, you know, ever again. And and I relate to this because I I used to, I would love to dance, and I'm a goofy dancer. Like I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I just I like to move my body and dance. It made me feel good, and and my mom always would always would get on me about how terrible of a dancer I was, and it would always hurt me because it's like I'm not trying to be a good dancer or a good singer, but the outlet feels good to me. You don't have to tell me that I'm not good at these things when I'm not necessarily, you know, the best thing that I can do if I'm, you know, is is just to get, get the energy out. I just want to dance and sing and not be judgmented. Or sorry, that's not really a word, judgmented. I'd be judged for the way I'm doing it. I just want to be able to do it and have the outlet. And sometimes we, we yank the outlet away from from the child too quickly and we spew that black magic onto them and to this day i have a hard time just letting loose and dancing because i'm so afraid people think i'm i'm you know whatever and it's like even though i have to get over that and go we don't care what people think anymore you can dance goofy and make people laugh and just laugh with them you know and that's where that's where child logan agreed that okay we suck at dancing we're done doing that and locked that away because of that moment where adult logan gets to go no 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 no. the truth is yes we know we're not the greatest dancer we know we're not going to be dancing with the stars anytime soon however we can still use it as a good way to break out energy and to build up our dopamine when we're feeling low and when we need to and when we just want to dance so the new agreement is that it's okay to dance because that is the truth, is that it is perfectly fine to dance and that there's societies and cultures that have way funnier dance moves than I have and they're, like, being cheered on to do these crazy funny dance moves that have, like, all this ritual and this spirit, like, this story behind it. So dance is a very natural thing and singing in these outlets that I think, you know, um, we do take away from children way too quickly because, because in the adult world, we don't, Somebody else has either taken those away from us, so we take them away from children because they can't have it too. You know, if we don't have it, they can't have it. But also, because in the adult world, we're so stressed and we're so focused on all these these nonsense, bullshit things. You know, we're focused on bills. We're focused on going to, to, going to work and we're stressed. And we're not focusing on what the real purpose is. And I think that's where, you know... I've had moments in my life where I've been really, really sad and really depressed, and I felt, you know, just complete darkness within me. But something within my heart that would beat, you know, and that, you know, when I would take care of people at the nursing home, and and I would I would be there for other people, you know, and I would just give them whatever whatever the universe needed me to be used through, like a vessel at that moment. Like there'd be so many times where like somebody it would just happen, like would start talking about something and then it's like we're in a deep conversation you know right in the middle of work and that person just really needed to talk and I think the universe uses me as a very safe space for certain people that need that 
And even in my darkest moments, like being a safe place for somebody else always gave me that that little bit of light and that. And so using like white magic, right, even though I felt terrible inside, but being able to look at that person and go like, you're beautiful. Like, even though I knew I wasn't and I didn't feel these things towards myself, I could at least project the words and the energy to somebody else and make them believe that what I'm saying is true so that that seed and those seeds might sprinkle in and 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 cut off you know the other ones that are that are already there you know because they're going to grow so much bigger um those positive ones gossip is is also one of the worst forms of black magic because you know you you're going around and you're just you know you're just spewing all this shit about about other people um gossip really though I guess what I was trying to say is just it's the worst form because it really is when you're at your lowest. You know, anytime I've ever gossiped in life, the universe has bit me in the ass. Like anytime I've ever said bad things about people and I intentionally did it to to cut them down. (coughs) The universe has let me has made me pay for it <coughs> so i learned young you know to, to not to not gossip to not cut people down for your own personal gain because <coughs> in the end like it does it hurts you too you know to put that magic to put those spells on people i think it also it does something to to the person that you are. And it doesn't allow you to not take things personally and not make assumptions and to not do your best. Just, just you know, because I think it's kind of like each of these agreements, you know, they lay on top of each other. Because the next one is don't take things personally. So if, if I'm only going to speak of pretty much words, white magic, words that are going to encourage, words that are going to be supportive, I'm going to ask, um, I'm going to um, speak in, in a positive, a more positive assessment. Um, when when you or another human has a reaction to me in this way or that way, I'm not going to take anything personal. That's a, that's the a second agreement. <coughs> I'm not going to take anything personal because I I know that I know who I am, and I know that my life experiences. And the knowledge that I have and that I've gained are only because of those experiences that I've had. And therefore, you also, because you're a human, we're the exact same. You also have those experiences. And and those times that have made you the person that you are today. So with that being said, you having a reaction, you calling me stupid, or you telling me I'm a dumbass bitch, right, or whatever, you saying that your mama should have never, never did this and that in the Walmart parking lot, like, (laughs) if I take, if I take that personal, you know, and here's the thing, so I can tell you right now, like, in the dude world, 
there's a lot less cattiness. It's not, it's in a different way. It's more in this alpha, more in this, like, who's tougher. Like, not necessarily who can talk the most shit, but who's going to prove it. Where the female world is so different. Like, there's so much cattiness. There's so much, like, like thought-out process between this and that. And and it really is, honestly, just extraordinary at how some women can say, oh, this is my best friend. And then, like, the next minute, it's like they're they're talking all this shit about them. And that does good for nobody, you know. That that does good for no one. And and I think we also have um, our children involved in, in that at, at this very early age because we have given this outlet being social media, to where anybody can hop on there and, and throw their opinion up. And if you're not strong-minded enough, and if you don't know yourself, and you get on there and somebody calls you stupid or fat or ugly or this or that, right, and you, you have those doubts about yourself already, and they confirm that, and you allow that to take over you, you're going to sit and sulk for days, and and that could lead to years, and then that could turn into your whole life just because you took something way too personal. If someone calls you ugly or stupid, and you do feel ugly or stupid, right, you need to figure out and make the, a change, right? Why do I feel ugly and stupid? But not because this person called me ugly or stupid. Like, you're not going to let other people affect you in those ways because they're probably calling you ugly or stupid or whatever the the threat is because that's what they're a reflection of themselves they're going through something and they're and and they're because of what they're going through they're not happy and so they're they're just spewing black magic and you have to like put up your shield and go no and i think i think um an example for me of this would just be when i was uh, in high school and I just, I was working at my first job, which was just this, you know, little tiny um, car repair slash self, uh, it was a self-serving, or like, we would pump your gas for you. So people would pull up, and I'd go out there, and I'd pump their gas. <laughs> it was old-fashioned, like, and that's what I did, and I did tires and oil changes and different things, and then... I was trying to figure out a different career, like what I wanted to do. And like nursing was at the time appetizing to me. So I was, I had got a job in the nursing home and it was going to be, I was at the time I was making like $8 and 50 cents. And here's how, let me just jump over a different topic real quick. Um, women get fucked hard every way. <laughs> it's such bullshit. I got offered this job as a woman. I got offered the job for $10 an hour cash money. All right, cool, right? I'd be getting X. I, I think I was making like $160 a week. I was working like four or five hours a day, whatever, right? I was in high school. I couldn't work that much or 24 hours a week, whatever, right? My first paycheck comes and he hands me a wage of eight fifty an hour and goes, that's what we agreed on, right? And he knew that me being a female, he could do this because he hired another kid after me who was not much older than me, maybe a couple years. And he automatically gave this kid $10 an hour. And then he gave him a raise within a few months. It's such bullshit. And men that that play that game 
are a big issue. <laughs> and obviously I got really upset about that. So let me let me backtrack to my other story. <laughs> so I got this job at the nursing home and I was gonna be making I think at least minimum wage, which was like nine something, but I also had a lot more opportunity. I was gonna get my CNA, my certified nurse's assistant. I was gonna get a lot more hours and it was just overall it was just a better job. It it wasn't, you know, I mean, it was a different kind of work and I loved the work I was doing. I loved the hard tire flipping, dirty oil, like I loved all that being in the garage. But for some reason something called me to the nursing home. Anyways, we were sitting at dinner and I'm like sixteen, right? Sixteen, seventeen. And I tell my dad, like, yeah, I got this job. And my dad at the time was going through his own beef and he looks at me and he goes, how did you get a job? And I didn't get a job. Like, I can't even find one. I can't even get hired. So he's sitting there spewing in his own mixture of self-pity while I'm trying to celebrate. And right then and there, at 16 years old, the universe, I think, went pew, done. Like, done. You can't, right? And I think there was a moment sitting at the table watching him and I can still picture sitting there and I can see my mom and my sister and we're all just watching him and my mom is just in disbelief that he's behaving this way. I remember just sitting there and looking at him and just being like, you are absolutely ridiculous. And and I remember just being like, I'm done. Like, the fact that you couldn't support me doing something better in my life tells me right there, right, that you're not going to support me in other decisions that are going to move me forward. And even though you're my father and you're the one who, you know, there's reason I'm here and all this baloney and you've taken care of me and all this stuff, you're not healthy for me anymore and I got to cut you off. Some people didn't get that. He didn't get that. But that that kind of comes back to not taking things personally. And it wasn't personal. <clears throat> excuse me. It wasn't personal. Um, me being like, I'm done with you. That wasn't, that wasn't me trying to be hurtful and trying to throw a dagger through his heart. That was me not taking what he said personal and going, okay, he has his own shit that he needs to figure out. Because if you can't be happy for your kids succeeding in something, then obviously your morals are not, are not right. And I knew that at 16 and other people, it was crazy. Other adults couldn't see that. And I had to just barricade through that so I know that sometimes it is hard to put those boundaries up for yourself and to say no like you're not in my you're not involved in my life and it hurts me right that like I don't have my dad in my life and like he's not involved and able to be here but at the same time I also want to be able to live my life free and not and not have to have people around me who are constantly throwing baby tantrums you know so Long story short, I guess, of these first two is it's really about taking accountability for yourself and being really aware. Because if you're aware of your emotions, you're aware of your words, you're aware of when somebody says something to you, the way it affects you, right? You can automatically go, nope, not taking this one personally. Um, I feel like this is at like 22 minutes now, so I don't want to keep... I don't want to make it too long. I guess we could go another 10 minutes and I could, the last two are simple. Um, so the last, the last two, the first one, 
um, is to not assume anything. And I think this is something that we do a lot is we assume like we assume all these different conspiracy theories. We assume that this could happen and we assume that this and that. And one thing I learned in early childhood when I was studying children and we, we had to do this thing called anecdotal records or notes and we had to we had to observe children and we had to list exactly just what they did you couldn't have an interpretation you couldn't put your own opinion you couldn't it was literally as if you were a computer imprinting data and you just needed to list the events and by doing this you got really good at just observing the world and being present and understanding what that meant and being able to put in an event without any bias because when you add your own biases and and you start uh interpreting is when you change the dialogue so one example would be a child is sitting on the floor there is a circle toy three feet to the left of that child that child rolls on the side onto its hands and knees and crawls over to the toy picks the circle toy up and puts it in his mouth so that's what happened okay we could infer 300 different things about why that child did that you know like the thought process that child was going through when he was sitting there did he look at it and he goes oh i want to stick that in my mouth right was he on a totally different mission and he got distracted right did he accidentally tip over and then he like he started crawling and then he found the toy like the so the toy was never a motive in the first place what was it you know and so and so we might infer right if i notice you know so if i got more in depth with that we could get into it sorry i'm kind of going off topic i guess um what my point with that is is that with any one situation, we can infer a million different reasons. The problem with that is we don't know the answer. In, in an early childhood, you, most times you don't know the answer until they're able to talk and you're able to ask, Hey, hey, Trevin, hey, why, why when you were over in the Lego area, did you pick up that red block and then you set it down and then you went and got the blue one and then you started building this giant tower? right? Why didn't you build with the red one? And he might go, well, because the red one was going to be the fire that was going to attack the building, right? And you're like, holy, holy shit. Yes, it was. Yes, it was, Trevin. It was going to attack that whole building. And if you would have built it with red, you're right. Like the water would have been putting out. I I get it, you know. But if I was looking at that, I might have went, oh, he doesn't like red, right? And so I might have inferred that he didn't like red. And that was not the reason. The reason was something totally different. So Applying that, and that's where like not making assumptions and was was something that I I really got pressed on for two years straight. I did this, you know. I every, like I hours upon like I did um, hundred and twenty hours a semester. I think something stupid um, in in taking notes and observing children and doing all. It was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it. I really could go back to school for that. That's off topic. Um, it was a fun. It was fun um, studying children, and it really allowed me to just realize what humans are. We're just big kids, you know. And that's where the last one comes in. Just do your best, right? 
some people can do better things in in they've worked harder at other things and some people are just better at doing things than other people some people are just more skilled at this and that some people are just like i'm fucking five three shut up people i'm five three and i am not gifted with being six eleven like you know that's just the reality i'm not huge i'm a tiny little guy right and the only thing I can do is lift really heavy weights and feel good about myself and just be confident in who I am, right? And I always think of Kevin Hart because Kevin Hart's my dude. We're little dudes and you got to stick out for each other. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. If you made it this far, you're a real trooper because I definitely have rambled for a long time. But that was the book that I read and that's kind of what I want to stick with for the rest of this year is uh, is agreeing to those four agreements and seeing how it changes my perspective on life and um, my attitude. I've been meditating a lot too. If you don't do that, you should you should try because ten minutes a day, like you you're like this is dumb, but it's not. And and meditation is I don't think always about the mind. It's also about breath work, you know, and about connecting your your breath with your heart. And I do that before I work out, and it honestly like. It it sends me for the rest of the day until I go to sleep. So, but I could keep talking, but I'm not because I feel like that would just be boring. And um, we'll do more of these if you like them. So, again, thank you for if you listen to this. Um, we never really did name the podcast, but uh, I don't know. We'll... <laughs> Uh, we'll come up with something. Something will hit me, and you'll be like, oh, okay. You know, something from this podcast, so. All right. I'm just going to end this right here. Everybody, have a very happy holiday. Um, thank you for the probably the one or two person that listened to this. I will see you at work. <laughs> All right. Peace out.